And a pleasant good evening, everybody, and welcome into the Bears Coaches Show featuring head coach Matt Eberflus, Jeff Joniak with you until 8 o'clock tonight here on News Radio 1059 WBBM as we recap the week two matchup with the Green Bay Packers. Good evening, Matt. How you doing? I'm doing well. Thank All you. Right. Early arrival this morning, obviously. These late night games are always uh, tough on coaches and players for that matter, but the coaches uh, hit the tape right away. What'd you see? Yeah, so we got in this morning and, uh, you know, obviously graded the tape uh, mostly on the plane. And then in this morning and the players got in, we had the team meeting. And uh, like we always do, we always talk about, you know, what we can do better, you know, what was good. Um, and we have a 24-hour rule that we uh, employ that uh, win-lose, win or lose, we always have that. And then let's uh, move on to the next opponent. But uh, today was all about corrections, you know, and making sure that uh, we do a good job with coach and player making those corrections from last week. So where do you start? On yeah. those corrections. Yeah, so where do you start? You know, obviously on defense, I think we need to do a better job of what we call cupping the ball, where we force, you know, we pursue and apex the football so we limit big plays, you know, getting downhill in the running game. And uh, we got to have to improve on that. You know, on offense, I thought we did some really nice things, you know, running the football. So that was a positive takeaway. You know, and then also, you know, we got to do a good job of dispersing the ball. You know, and our offensive staff knows that. We got to do a better job of hitting our skill and getting those guys involved early in the passing game. So we're looking to do that here coming up. All right, we're going to break down some of those things. But just for the visualization, if somebody can close their eyes to define what cupping is, you know, in terms of tackling. Yeah. I think it's an interesting term. Yeah, so, yeah, so it's it's very simple. So if you look at a defense, uh, you know, let's put, put them in shell coverage, right? So they're in a, you know, we got two corners on the outside and two safeties. That means that the corners are responsible for turning the ball back. So they're forcing the ball. That's the force part of it. The apex is going to be the safety. So he's going to be able to apex the ball. He's also an outside end player. And the pursuit players are the defensive line and linebackers. They're inside-out hitters on the football. So in a common sense, that's what it is right there. So sometimes that broke down a little bit, and that's where you get some of the bigger-type runs. And we have to clean that up because that's uh, really uh, fundamental to our defense. How about in those situations where you know you just get blocked, though, also? In a, in a, because that seemed to happen, especially with Aaron Jones, man. He was hitting that gas right out of the right yeah, out of the box. You know, give credit to him. He's a, he's a good runner and he's got great great contact balance, but we got to bring our feet. You know, there were several times where, you know, like uh, Eddie Jackson would come up there and do a great job of running his feet and tackling and uh, you know, not every time, but he did a really nice job with that. So, the younger players can learn from that, how to bring your pads, how to hit them low and how to grab the hamstrings and run three hard steps. So, we got to improve. So, with your hard grading scale, was it a high number of missed tackles in your opinion? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I think it yeah. was, and it's more than, than we're used to, and we got to do a better job with that, and guys understand that. we got to drill it this week and get better. All right, let's go to the fourth quarter. Goal line stand by Green Bay. Uh, it could have been a difference-making moment, obviously. Uh, did you talk with the league about it at all, or is that something you don't bring up? Well, I mean, obviously we thought we made it because I challenged it, we challenged it, and, uh, you know, the league sometimes, you know, they looked at it and they, it's in a pile sometimes and they can't see it with all the cameras they have. And a lot of times they don't overturn those. And we know that. But uh, at that point, it was the game for us. So we got to make sure that we challenged it. And we did. They didn't agree with us. And uh, sometimes that happens. Might have been different if they called touchdown first and had it reviewed. No doubt. You know, because yeah. it was they, they couldn't tell. So they would have they kept, kept it as a touchdown for sure. And that would have you know put it in one score game. And who knows what happens from there. You, you already know this as a coach, being a defensive coordinator uh, for so long, there's always a 
questions about specific plays that are going to get second guessed for perpetuity. Sure. How, how do you accept all of that uh, in a head coaching role now? Because you'll you'll hear it about these things throughout the course of your career. Yeah, I mean, I think you just take it for what it is. You know, um, you know, people love this game. We have passionate fans, and I understand that uh, when the play doesn't work, you'll get criticized for it. But when it does work, you know, it'll it'll be all, all good. So, you know. We liked the play call down there. We were we were uh, thought we outnumbered the defense, which we did, and we just got to get a little bit more pad level, a little bit more push, and we're going to score there. Uh, it was crazy week. Uh, no lead was safe. People kept whispering in my ear. No, you know, you guys are starting to make that drive look okay. This is going to get interesting. No lead is safe, uh, and obviously, as a coach, and you have to keep your players thinking the same way. Clearly, they did because they they did work to the finish here. Yeah, so you know the, what I showed them in the team meeting today was when we got that takeaway midway through the third quarter. You know our offense responded with a field goal. You know they they drove it down there and then we end up getting another stop and then uh, they punt the ball down there. We get ninety yards and we drive it all the way down the length of the field to make it a one score game. You know and then you know obviously like we said the league didn't agree with us at that point, but uh, I really liked our mental toughness there and the way we battled. And we did a nice job with our, our mental and physical stamina. If someone would put a gun in my head and say, hey, how many snaps did Dylan and Jones play together? I would have said, man, probably 25, 30. It yeah. turned out to be, I believe, eight. It felt more like that, though. So I was gearing up to do this, and after I watched the tape and did the math, I go, okay, this doesn't sound right anymore. Yeah. But what are the challenges of facing the old traditional two-back off. You see it a little bit because those are two halfbacks back there, so you don't have a lead blocker. So a lot of times those are perimeter-type plays because it's you know what we call 21 fast, you know where they got two halfbacks in there, and a lot of times those are outside perimeter-type plays. So you don't a lot of times get the lead blocks in that, but uh, you see that pretty prominent around the league now. It, it allowed Aaron J- Rodgers, though, to get going a little bit in the passing game, didn't it? What did you see from the pass defense in those situations? Yeah, you know, we just got to keep our coverage a little bit tighter. You know, some of those were play passes. You know, some of those were, you know, uh, individual routes. You know, so we got to got to do a better job with our with our coverage. You know, a lot of times it's individual technique. For example, when we're playing man, we got to get better connection on the wideouts. You know, so we use a thing called scooch technique, and we just got to do a great job of really catching those guys inside of five yards and then stay, keeping that connection. Scooch technique. Yeah, exactly. Can you be a little more elaborate? I'm intrigued. Yeah, so you, you're within the first three yards, you're scooching off, you know, and being patient, waiting for the receiver to make his move. And then once he commits to his move, you get hands on and then you stay connected through the down. Obviously, you got to keep your hands off after five, but you are still connected to the body. So we do a good job with that. You know, our guys do a nice job with that. We have to improve, though, every single time. St. Brown to the left, stack line of scrimmage, two tight ends, right side, Montgomery, the lone back, snap, fields, faking. Now going to keep it to the five. Diving for the end zone, he is in for the touchdown. Touchdown Bears, Justin Fields in from three yards. There you go, Justin Fields, his third NFL rushing touchdown. The Bears' uh, only touchdown of the day in the loss to Green Bay. Welcome back to the Bears Coaches Show with Bears head coach Matt Eberflus. Break down that one for us on the three-yard run. Yeah, so, you know, that was a design pass, you know, where uh, he was going to hit Mooney in the flat. I mean, uh, Montgomery in the flat, sorry. And then he just opted to run the football, you know. And uh, obviously with his speed and athleticism, he's able to do that. And uh, it was an exciting run to watch, you know, from the sideline because you could see him make that decision to go ahead and tuck it and run. And he he got it. And uh, he's a strong player too. And uh, it was a good decision on his part. 
and he could have had absolutely got a couple of those yesterday. Obviously, he he has a good feel for that when to lean the ball out. It's it's always a question if it breaks the plane, but he's got a good sense for that. It appears. Yeah, he's got great instincts when it comes to that, and and what a what a uh, tremendous athlete as well. All right, David Montgomery uh, was running with his hair on fire. Certainly on that drive to start things off, it just it seemed like he was in a mood last week about after the game. Last week and throughout the week uh, seemed to be very determined. Yeah, he was very it. determined this week. He had a great week of practice, and it showed, uh, you know, last night. So he's – and, again, you got to give credit to the offensive line. You know, we showed a lot of those clips in the, in the team meeting. And, you know, you don't get big runs without the receivers blocking. You know, so the tight ends and the receivers blocking on the perimeter to, to break those. And as soon as he got into the secondary, a lot of times you know, Demo did break those, but also it was great blocking on the perimeter. All right, let's talk more about uh, Justin. Just the minimal number of passes because you, you were pressed on this uh, both after the game and up here Monday at Hallis Hall uh, at your news conference about that. Uh, and you touched on another term here, and that's um, – yes. Find your skill, yep. Yeah, find yeah, your skill. Yeah, so. Utilize your skill, and, and uh, you know, we want to do that. So we want to have balance. You know, We want to have balance in the run-pass game. On you know first and second down for sure, and we're going to get that. You know, like I said, we're in a new passing offense. We're in a new offense altogether, and the rhythm and timing of that's going to come, and it's going to improve every single week. Sometimes it'll improve really big jump jumps, and sometimes it'll just you know prove in small increments. So, um, you know, we're excited about getting that going. Like I said, you know, highlighting the skill, of Mooney, Komet, all those guys. We're going to do that, and our our offensive staff for a great bunch of coaches and they're going to work tirelessly to get that done. So when you say that you're talking about not just the person though, but just about what they can do in terms of their skill set. And that includes Justin, right? Absolutely. Yeah. You know, absolutely. So, you know, when you put a ball, the, the, the ball in the hands of like a Mooney where he can, you know, catch a short, you know, pass and take it for 10 yards or 20 or break it, you know, that's what we're talking about. You got to be able to do that to, to spread the, uh, the ball around to the skill. Everybody tries to make it sound so simple. Oh, why don't you do that? You know, we all love running the ball, and then the running looks good. But hey, you know, and the loss certainly is something that people are going to focus on. Uh, but the fact of the matter is, and Equiminia St. Brown said so at the news conference today as well. He experienced the same thing when there was a new offensive change in Green Bay, even with Aaron Rodgers. Right. Things take time. Do players get? Uh, as frustrated sometimes as fans and, and media with it. Well, I think that you know, you know, the players are in the thick of it, so they understand a little bit, you know, where uh, the process is, you know, where where the plays are, where the timing is, how everybody's working, and I think that they understand that, you know, because they're in it, um, you know, so they're they're working tirelessly to get that done. And again, like it's a process, and again, we'll we'll search to get that this week. All right, so that was your first road game, and it was crazy. It was loud. Uh, Justin said it too. A lot of noise in that place. Sometimes uh, he, he didn't hear the play. Sometimes uh, maybe somebody else didn't hear the play. But the best way to to quiet that crowd is what I always like to say: the silencer. That's the big the big shot, you know, that somebody makes in the NBA or a grand slam home run in baseball. Right. But those big plays. You'll, you'll find those as this season goes on. Yeah, I mean, it's like the flea flicker that we ran. You know, that was a well-executed play on the, on our first scoring drive, and and uh, you got to have plays like that. You know, in order to score, you know, on offense, you have to have chunk plays. And if you look at our scoring drives, we had chunk plays on every one of those, and that's what we got to do a great job on offense, and we got to have to do a better job on defense limiting those. But you got to have the ball too. Yeah, forty-one snaps. That's that's a small number, really, to get your offense cooking. Right? Get the rhythm of that with 41 plays. Yeah, I mean, so, you know, you know, people always talk about time of possession, you know, and they've talked about that all the time. And that, to me, is a team stat. 
You know, so we have to do a good job on defense of getting the ball back for the offense. You know, so we can't, you know, allow the team to drive, you know, that many plays in a row. We got to be good on third, get them a third down. Okay, first of all, have good first down efficiency, get them a third down and get out the field, get the ball back to our offense or take the ball away and give it back to our offense. So that's a good, we have to do there. And then offensively, we just have to do a good job of sustaining drives, you know, getting first and second down, being efficient there. And, you know, I think it was one of the scoring drives. We didn't even have a a third down. We scored without even having one. But when you get the third down, it's got to be manageable. And that really goes not back to first and second down efficiency. So you have that third and four, third and three manageable when you get to third down. Blessingham in motion, handing out Montgomery behind Blessingame. High steps it breaks a tackle, 35 to the 40. Running right, Montgomery cuts inside in midfield. Takes on another Packer. Another angry run for David Montgomery in the Packer territory. There it is, former Iowa State star David Montgomery ran hard all night in Green Bay, and that 28-yarder, uh, Matt, exemplified how determined he was in, in moving the ball after 17-26 against San Francisco. But a couple years back, he had a game in which it was against Tennessee, I think. He had 14 for 17 yards, and then plays Green Bay and has a game just like he did here. So clearly, when something doesn't go right for David, he's got that inner fire burning to go and get it. Yeah, he's a determined guy, you know, and he was laser-focused this week, and that, that showed in his play. And uh, like I was saying earlier, that the, you know, the offensive line did a nice job of blocking. If it was a zone scheme or a gap scheme, they did a really nice job of picking up the numbers you know, and staying on their blocks. And, you know, and that, that run you're referring to, they did just that. They stayed on their blocks. And, you know, the, the receivers had really good job, a second effort of staying there. I think on that one, Mooney might have blocked two guys. He, st- he started blocking inside, then came back outside, and then uh, Borum on that one should have really turned up because they were hustling down the field. He could have turned up and actually blocked the safety, and we could have sprung that for even longer than that. So, uh, you know, guys, the offensive line and Chris Morgan do a heck of a job coaching those guys up and their efforts there. They're going down the field to get the second effort blocks. Followed up by a 27-yard run by Herbert on that. Right yeah, so and, and another good run. Another well-blocked run, and uh, certainly Herbert is a guy that can take it all the way. Great seats available to see your Chicago Bears this season at Soldier Field. Get your tickets at chicagobears.com slash tickets. Wanted to touch back on time of possession thing. Where, where are you at on that stat? Because I look at it as, as significant for a lot of reasons when you want to keep a great quarterback off the field. But if you don't score, they're, they're still – quality quarterbacks that can take a minimum amount of time and still beat you. So as a defensive head coach uh, and just the head coach in general, how do you look at that stat? Yeah, I mean, I think it can be significant if, if you're playing that type of ball, you know, if you're trying to keep the ball away, you know, and, and doing that. But sometimes it doesn't matter. You know, it's about scoring points and it's about not allowing guys to score points. So third down defense is big in that stat, you know, where you get off the field or stay on the field. That's got to be a big one. You know, and then also, you know, like we said, it comes down to scoring. So ultimately, it comes down to your red zone defense and red zone offense. So uh, that to me, it's it's uh, sometimes it shows up and sometimes it doesn't. There are most reactions are overreactions two games into a season. That's always the case, and I think with the extra game, one less preseason game, there there is a lot of overreaction, good or bad. What is not, and and. There is much work to be done, obviously, but how, how do you frame it and how do you look at the season in, in those terms? Yeah, so, it's, you know, like I told the players in, you know, the last, uh, you know, since training camp, this is going to be about us. It's going to be about us doing our job and us building our football team. You know, we're in week two and we're now moving on to week three and we have to get better. So we've done some good things in the first two weeks and we've done some things we have to correct. We have to make those corrections and move forward. Our eyes are forward on to Houston. 
Uh, but we have to make sure that we're really focused on making those corrections. How much do you talk to your players, bring them into your office? I, I don't recall if we discussed this before, just you and I, but do you have like a, like a council of players that you touch base with? Yeah, yeah I mean, yep, and, I do. and how does that work? Yep. And I meet with those guys every Wednesday. You know, it's, it's the player council, and we talk about the week and talk about the message for the week and how we're going to work and the work patterns we're going to have and any schedule changes that we might have. I get their input on those, and I've certainly adjusted a few things along the way. But uh, those guys are very insightful for us and for the football team. And those guys really are the leaders of the team. So are they the captains? Their captains are in there for sure. Yeah. 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 Okay. And there's, you know, there's probably, I think, 14 total. Oh, wow. Yeah. So there's there's uh, there's one from every position group sometimes too. So, um, But it's a, it's a great group, and those guys have worked really hard, and those guys are our leaders. This is maybe a silly question, but do you bring all fourteen at once, or yes. do you just yep. okay? Yep. So you have yeah. a set set. So I meet with them every week. Every week, yep, eight forty-five on Wednesday before we start the week. So uh, we talk, uh, and I show them what we're, what we're going to do, what the messaging is, and they have to carry out that message. Did you pick these fourteen individuals, or did some of these volunteer? The team, the the team, team picked yep, them. Okay. The team picked them. We had a vote uh, two weeks before we voted for captains. Um, and we selected those guys at that point, and then two weeks later, we f- we selected the captains of our football and, team. Is it free flow conversation? Yes, absolutely, sure. I guess guys' opinions. I want them to be able to speak in there, speak their mind, and uh, so I understand the pulse of the football team. Without being specific, um, it's private matter, obviously. But has anything surprised you about what they've said to you, and uh, maybe you've changed their opinion or view on something from uh, your own perspective? No, I I think that a lot of them uh, appreciate the openness. And they we're willing just to listen, to listen to them and them listen to me. And and it's it's we're about the Chicago Bears and us being a football team. You know, and so how we speak to each other and how we communicate to each other is very important. You know, we have to be able to challenge each other, you know, during the course of the season. And that has to we have, in order to do that, you have to have open communication. I get a two back set. Rogers empties it now, looks to throw. Tight pocket, cowers and goes down and a penalty marker. Travis Gibson again. Third sack of Rodgers in this first half. Great seats available to see your Chicago Bears this season at Soldier Field. Get your tickets at chicagobears.com slash tickets. Welcome back to the Bears Coaches Show with Matt Eberflus. Just heard one of two Travis Gibson sacks. Uh, last week it was Dominique Robinson. This week it is Travis Gibson. Uh, Robert Quinn also had one. So you want all these guys. They like to say they all want to eat, right? So that's that's that, that's their term, want to go eat. So Travis did. And, and again, a similar amount of snap total, I think, as Dominique was the week before. So he right. got a lot done. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. He, he played well in the run game, you know, and he also had those two sacks. So, you know, one of them was a second effort sack where he had to come back inside as the quarterback stepped up. And the other one, he just beat the guy. So it was uh, it was great technique. I thought his get off was really good, um, you know, on the one. And I think he, I believe he created a holding penalty on that one, I believe. But uh um, he certainly played very well for, for him and for our football team. Kyler Gordon, a typical veteran quarterback circling a rookie. Doesn't matter if it's a first-round pick or a seventh-round pick. He's done this many times, and other quarterbacks will try to do the same. And I know you touched on it in your press conference today with the media that you did speak with Kyler just to see where he's at and keep confident. Yeah, so, you know, it's when you play uh, rookies, you know, they're going to have ups and downs and ebbs and flows to a season. And the most important thing is they look at the performance for what it is. So the performance is over now. How can they stack this in and make it make themselves better by learning from it? So I have them take all their point of attack plays off and look at them, and they really do a good job sitting down with their coach and say, how can I improve on this particular coverage and this particular technique? And they have to put that away in their file because when you become a good pro, you don't make the same mistake twice. 
And they just, you know, you have to improve on that, learn from it, and then go forward and then drill it and make sure it doesn't happen again. This has no doubt been the way you've always coached. Yeah, right. this so, is the way I've done it. It doesn't matter if it was a player that, you know, was rookie of the year or, you know, an all-pro player. Um, all the guys that I've coached over the years, I've always had that same mindset. That's, how, that's the only way you can improve is if you focus on the corrections and then have your eyes forward to improve for the next week. How much does a player appreciate this? Because uh, we often, you know, because it's sports, we don't look at it as like, I know some people don't look at it as like a normal job where you just go in and, you know, if you're going to sit down with your boss, it may not be a good conversation. Right. This is just the opposite, you know. You're, you're pointing out the facts, but you're also trying to make sure that this doesn't become a bigger issue for a guy in terms of confidence. Yeah, I think what you what you do is you micro it down for the player. So, you you know, it's not this big thing that's a mystery. Let, let's go back to the details of the fundamentals and technique that we're talking about, you know, and when do we apply those fundamentals and techniques. And if you do that, it's more manageable, certainly for a rookie, but even for a veteran, you know, because if you do that, it's it's it, you can put a handle on it, and then you put the work in to improve that fundamental or technique. And then that fosters confidence. And then you carry it to the game. You have success. You get more confidence. And that's what we're here to do as coaches. We're here to encourage those guys and help those guys along the way. The bigger issue would be if you're asking a player to do something they just can't do because of their skill set, right? Yeah, so we, we, you know, we obviously have to assess skill sets. And uh, we have to do a good job of that. And uh, that's what the coaches are there for. And we certainly want to put our guys in the best position to succeed. Kickoff tailgating season with a league-leading lineup at your local Jewel Osco. Get everything from chips and dips to wings and other things in one quick trip. Bears head coach Matt Eberflus here on the Bears Coaches Show as the Bears will start looking at the Houston Texans for next week's game at Soldier Field. In terms of the offensive line, never mentioned uh, Braxton Jones yesterday, I talked to one of the players today, really proud of what he's been doing over there at left tackle. Yeah, he's done a good job. You know, he's a, he's a real good athlete, and uh, he's able to mirror and stay in front of guys in the pass rush. And uh, he's done a good job in the run blocking. You know, so we're, we're really pleased where he is. Uh, I know a lot of the veterans are helping him out along the way. Simo's uh, done a wonderful job of coaching him, and he's continuing to grow. And Lucas Patrick, uh Another, just keeping getting stronger, getting ready, right? Yeah, he's going to keep getting stronger. We'll see where he is this week. You know, if he stays at guard, you know, maybe swings into center. We'll see where his thumb is. Um, But that'll be a day-to-day operation and decision later in the week. As we get the Bears ready for the Houston Texans, hope we'll see us out at Soldier Field on Sunday with a noon kickoff. Rodgers in the gun on third down and 10. Hard counts, trying to draw the Bears. Here's the snap, four-man rush. Here comes pressure. Quinn! Gets him from behind, gobbles him up, and down he goes to the 28 or 9-yard line. Another sack for Robert Quinn against the Green Bay Packers. That's seven in his career. Welcome back to the Bears Coaches Show. Uh, Matt Eberflus, break that one down. Yeah, I would just say that was you know just a great speed rush. Yeah. You know, he beat him around the corner, and he did his signature move and uh, you know with his little uh, side swipe where he jumps up in the air where it's really hard to block him. Toes are pointing towards the quarterback. Then his acceleration was outstanding to get the sack. It's really good. It doesn't sound as simple as you made it be, but you know what? Sometimes it is when you're sacking the quarterback, uh, beating Yash Nyman on that one. Um, I, I read in the paper that Quinn signed his jersey for Aaron Rodgers, and right, you know he doesn't get many quarterbacks to also do that, but Rodgers did agree uh, for this one. He says he's collected a few over the years. I always thought that was pretty cool because, again, these are grown men playing a kid's game, uh, and many of them probably wore jerseys throughout their whole childhood or whatever, as, as we probably did as well. Yeah. Uh, 
that's the part of the game that I think is kind of interesting, kind of cool. What yeah, do you think? No doubt. I mean, you know, this uh, this game of the NFL football is really amazing with the with the guys. First of all, you know, all the guys are wonderful, wonderful men. You know, and uh, just a tremendous athletes. You know, and that's those are the guys that make this game special. You know, uh, the guys that everybody's you know wants to go see play and and then get to see those two guys go at it and Robert get the sack on that. So it's, it was pretty special hey, for yourself. You know. Uh, as a head coach now, when you walk out in that field and you go and shake the hand of Matt LaFleur, or next week it'll be Lovey Smith, you know, pregame and then postgame, um, is it a different feeling than you've had in the past, or is it the same, it's just now you're in charge? Yeah, I think it's really the same. You know, I know a lot of those guys from being in the league a long time, so, uh, you know, I know Lovey, I know Kyle, I know Matt, so I've known those guys for some years, and it's just going over there to say hello to, to, a, to a colleague or to a friend. And with every passing day – more and more comfort for you and what you're doing and how you're doing it? Yeah, I, I think so. You know, the, I, like I said, I have a great coaching staff. I got a lot of support staff that helped me out uh, during the course of the week to, to manage, you know, everything from, you know, the schedules to the practice itself to, you know, the PR department, you know, to working with the weight staff and everybody. So we've hired a bunch of good, good uh, men and women and uh, we're certainly working in the right direction. And then with your coordinators, these are important positions, obviously. You know what the value of that is after being with one. How is that going with uh, with your guys, Alan Williams, Luke Getzian, and Richard Hightower? Yeah, it's going great. You know, communication's been uh, wide open, and we're continuing to look and, and search to how to improve our football team every single week. You know, we know we have a young roster, and we're looking at ways to enhance the skill. And, you know, on offense, defense, and kicking. And we're trying to get that done every single week, and we're working to improve that. Some of the things that, that did well in San Francisco game, uh, resulting in a win, some of the same things did well. It doesn't result in a win, and some things, you know, flare up. Your expectation remains the same, but you, you can't, you know, these things are going to happen. There's going to be games where this is the issue, but it happens to be Green Bay, and everybody's, you know, upset about losing, you know, so many in a row. Nothing to do with the fact, uh, you know, you sometimes inherit the past when you become a new head coach, right? Yeah, I mean, I think it's, you know, like like we said, we're disappointed in that loss, uh, but now we're looking at a performance we can improve from. You know, so our eyes are forward to Houston, and we're looking forward to uh, getting on Wednesday to Wednesday's practice. Uh, also, with the, the Mooney and the Comet and the touches uh, and the a lack of passes, do they understand that in the framework of your plan this is possible? Yeah, I mean, I, those guys are great teammates, number one. They're very unselfish, and they're going to do whatever it takes to win the football game and, and whatever it takes for us to uh, be good on offense and help our, help our football team win. So they are, first of all, great men, and they're and they're skilled. You know, So they want to touch the ball, and they're going to, and we got to do a better job of, of getting those guys touches. And uh, you know, our, our staff's going to work tirelessly to get that done. You talk about six plays that may change a game. Yeah. Do you have them in your mind? What could have changed the game yesterday? Some of those. Uh, yeah, you you definitely do. You have you have those six that changed the game. Obviously, the fourth and one's a big one. Yeah. Um, I, I think the one the, the second and twenty eight. You know where they get uh, screen. Yeah, the screen back there. Um, you know, there's certain plays in there that uh, you know we have to do a good job of uh, of executing, and uh, it always comes down to that. It's just six or seven plays that comes out. You never know what it's going to be though. And that's why we have to have the uh, cycle of the snap and the hits principle every single snap. And uh, that's going to swing things in our favor. I like what Ecumenius had to say, too. Uh, it was a third down play. They, they brought it up about, you know, he's changed his route from curl to a go route, yeah. hand up in the air. That's a weapon, right? 
It That's is a weapon. It is, you know, and then I thought we used another weapon yesterday. You know, we got, uh, you know, too many men on the field on defense on the opposition, and we went, you know, to uh, – we got them to, you know, get a penalty there. They didn't throw the flag, but it would have been. And we hit Griffin down the middle there. And that's a, a tool we can use uh, going forward. And that's really gr- good growth by the offense. You know, them utilizing the tools that we have inside of our offensive system. Equinemia St. Brown beyond the numbers left. Slot right Mooney outside of him. As Montgomery takes, flips it back. And the flea flicker to Fields throws left side. It is caught at the 35, middle of the field. 30 to the 25 and a big first down for St. Brown. Bears knocking on the door now in Green Bay territory on a 30-yarder. Calling all Bears fans. Get the ultimate VIP fan package with Chicago Bears VIP. Secure a game ticket and appearance from Bears legends and more by visiting ChicagoBearsVIP.com. With Bears head coach Matt Eberflus, our final segment. Just heard the flea flicker to Equinemius St. Brown. Nice play call. Give to Montgomery. Flip to Fields and bam, a 30-yarder. It's a big play. Yeah, it, it was a big play, and it was a nice play. And, and, I, and I really want to, you know, commend Justin for hanging in there because he took a hit on that. You know, uh, you know, 91 was on the corner there being blocked by Cole, and Cole did a good job of staying in front of him. That little, you know, the flea flicker holds him for a second, but he had to hang in there to get to his second read, took a shot, and threw it right on the dime. So it was, uh, that was a real nice play by both those players. Overall, what else are you seeing with Justin? I know a lot of folks are wondering, hey, how come they're not letting him pass the ball? Yeah, I mean, like I said, we have to search for balance. Um, in the offense, and we're going to do that. But he's growing. You know, he's growing and getting better every single week. And I can see it in practice. And we're going to start seeing it in the performances. And, and he's done that during the course of the games. I think he's got a real good feel for when to tuck the ball. You know, on that one score, where he reached out and almost scored on that one. We thought that was a really good decision on his part. And the timing of that was really nice. But he's just continuing to grow. Uh, that was the first opening drive touchdown on the road for this team. Again, Pre, predating you, but it's yeah. been a long while, I think, since Jacksonville in 2020. So I think uh, with more of that, whether it's coming out of the locker room in the second half or, or right out of the gate in the first half, that's going to build natural confidence in your team too, yeah, execution. It, it was one of the things we talked about, about starting fast, and uh, we did a nice job of that. I know they got a field goal, but we held, to, held them to a field goal, then we, you know, we score on that first drive on offense too. So um, that's, that's, that's growth. And, you know, guys are getting better at that. And, again, that's what we did from our first performance. You know, so our first performance in San Francisco, we didn't start that fast, and we wanted to get that going, and the guys responded to that. You know, so that, to me, is growth. Um, you know, and they still showed mental toughness. We were in it till the end there, and uh, they got to keep doing that, and we'll be in a lot of football games and a chance to win those. There are only so many great quarterbacks. Not, not every team has great, great quarterbacks like Aaron Rodgers. As a defensive coach – uh, do you get as frustrated at his excellence sometimes? Because even if you've got him covered, even if you got every lane blocked, he somehow finds a way to beat you. Yeah, I would just say that, you know, every individual quarterback is different. And we're going to respond to that. And we're going to uh, do the best we can to defend that quarterback. And, uh, you know, obviously we got to do a better job uh, next time. Even as a defensive coordinator, do you sit in that tape room? How did that happen? We had it perfectly. Well, we had a great call. You, yeah, you, you, you know, the Breeze, the Bradys, you know, the guys that that have been in the league for all these years. You know, I, I actually was with Rivers for a, a year, and, you know, those guys are just phenomenal. You know, the, first of all, they're great human beings, and, man, they're so smart, and they know how to read coverages, and they know where to go with the ball. And, uh, you know, certainly I've learned a lot from those guys, you know, going back to even like, you know, I was with Tony Romo and those guys over the course of the years. I love talking to those guys about what they see how they see it, and then what's hard for them. 
and I've certainly gained a lot of knowledge from those quarterbacks that I've been with over the years. So you are a quarterback information gatherer. Yes, you better be. Yeah. Yeah. When did that start for you? Yeah, to me it was it started way back when I was probably in Dallas. You know, okay. I, I started to talk to uh, you know Jason Garrett and Tony Romo and those guys, and that's kind of where it started, and, and visiting with Dak and all those guys, and then you know moving on to my next spot. So um, it was it's always been something that I've always wanted to do, talk to the guys, and now I'm sitting in the quarterback room, so it's it's been good. Is there a common theme or string of knowledge that is facts that you are? aware of. Yeah, I just think they, they see things a lot of times the same way. You know, how they read coverages, you know, what their tells are, what are they looking at first, what's their first read um, to tell them what the coverage is and then we, you know, we try to combat that with, you know, making that look a little different sometimes uh, for the quarterback. All right, Matt, uh, coming up next, the Houston Texans. Uh, this is brought to you by Bet Rivers, the official sportsbook partner of the Bears. Uh, first name we have to bring up is Lovey Smith. Uh, certainly a very successful coach here in Chicago, brought a team to the Super Bowl in 06 and had a long run uh, and a part of that family of coaches that you're from. Yeah, so, uh, you know, a lot of respect and, and a lot of love to, to Lovey Smith, pardon the pun there, but uh, you know, he's certainly been in this business a long time and did a great job here at Chicago. And, he, and he's been part of, the, you know, obviously the, one of the original guys from the system with Rod Marinelli, Monty Kiffin, you know, Lovey Smith, all those guys in Tampa Bay with all those great players down there. So that was what started it all, all those years ago. And uh, certainly he's the, had a great career for himself. A lot of love for Rod. Uh, that was Rumi, right? You heard about that? Oh, yeah. That, that. Rumi. Oh, yeah. That's I've the, heard about Rumi a bunch of times. Yeah, a yeah. bunch yeah. of times. Uh, but, you know, I'm reading quotes from, from their uh, loss yesterday and some of the same things that you say, you know, about, you know, hey, we got to get the ball out. We got Everything's similar in that regard, right? So you'll yeah. be seeing a team that will be trying to do the same thing to you that you want to do to them. Yeah, they play with great effort on defense. You know, their offense is really the same style, so it's uh, it's going to be a heck of a battle. Anything that you could tell us about their offense at this point? I know it's early in the process, no, the but they got the you know, quarterback, yeah. Yeah, we've played those guys last year a couple times, um, you know, at the last spot I was at. You know, so Davis Mills, obviously, uh, Cooks is a really good player on offense. You know, they got some, you know, good good guys at tight end. Um, and, again, I'm looking at them right now. I'll be going to study them a lot this evening, so – um, just starting early stages of that. Right. A very uh, young team as well with a lot of new players that uh, we're getting acquainted with. Uh, Damian Pierce, running back rookie, um, coming out of this past draft is somebody right. that will be uh, needing to stop because once the team starts running the ball on you, everybody's going to try to do the same. So last two games, a lot of yardage in the run game. Yeah, no doubt. And like I said, we got to do a better job up front. The front seven, the linebackers and defensive line, and then the you know keeping that cup on the ball in the secondary. So we're going to have to have a great week of practice today of uh, this week uh, to get that done. All right. Any uh, updates at all on some like Bayless Jones? Is he is he getting closer? Yes. You know. So we're we're excited where he is. Uh, again, it was day to day, but we're hopeful that uh, he can uh, you know start to practice this week, and we'll see where he goes during the course of this week. All right. You got a uh, shorter day so to get ready. So you're a little behind already, right? Yeah, the Houston Texans. Let's so get her going. Let's yep. get it going. Thank you so much, as always. Appreciate it. We'll talk to you. Good luck with your preparation this week. All right. Thank you. As Bears head coach Matt Eberflus, want to wrap up our show by thanking Keith Johnson, Andy Gersher, Dan Barilli, and Jordan Treadup. And for Bears head coach Matt Eberflus, I'm Jeff Joniak. Week three kicks off back at Soldier Field against Lovey Smith's Houston Texans. Our pregame at nine, kickoff at noon. And this is News Radio 1059 WBBM.